Welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives podcast. I am your host, Amy Diane Ross, wife, mother, Bible teacher, who's passionate to disciple women through life using the Word of God. On this podcast, we will use the Bible to discuss topics that we all face from emotional and mental struggles, married life, single life, physical health, and everything in between. If you are ready to live in victory in every area of your life while learning the Word of God, I'm here to help. The Bible really does have all the answers for life's crazy roller coaster ride, and I'm excited that you have chose me to ride along with you. It's Equipping the Saints Saturday. We talk all things Bible, theology, church history, Bible teachings. This is where we just go a little bit deeper. Enjoy. Oh, again. So we're getting ready to start the Philippians series. I'm so excited. I've never taught Philippians. This will be my first time um, actually teaching the book of Philippians. Hmm. Several I have taught multiple times, different letters, but we never did do this one. So I'm excited. It's been such a blessing. It's one of my, um, you know, I love a lot of the different letters, but this is definitely one of my favorite ones for just that encouragement a letter. Um, it is called the epistle of joy. Uh, Paul uses the word joy or rejoice uh, about 12 times in this letter, both as a noun and as a verb. So he is, this letter has been called the epistle of joy because that really is a gift to us as believers. And so we're going to talk about that, um, about joy and, and the, and the beauty of it and the gift of it as we get into this letter. So this was actually Paul's, this was the first established church of Europe. Um, it was in, I think, Northeastern Greece. And it was, um, he wasn't even supposed to go there. It was actually through a prophetic word that was given to him uh, that he needed to go to Macedonia. And he listened and he went and ends up establishing the first church of Europe, which we are all a product of. And so this is like the first Western church. It's so amazing to think of that. And so, you know, here it is. And then, you know, as if you learn church history and how Europe was taken over by Christianity and then eventually taken here to um, the United States of America. And so um, how beautiful is that? Just, you know, by his one act of obedience and going and spreading the good news. And we're going to see some of the people that got saved and how this first church began and was birthed out. And so, uh, so amazing. This letter um, is a prison epistle. He was in prison in Rome when he wrote this letter to uh, the church of Philippi. Uh, it's about 61 AD is what we believe is when it was wrote, written. And um, so what I love about these, this particular one as well, is that he's in prison. And so that gives us, you know, you're able to talk about joy while you're in prison. Like we can't talk about joy when we burn our toast. Okay. We, we, we are so spoiled here in America that, you know, we lose our joy over minute things. And here's Paul in prison writing a letter 
to a very poor church, a very a persecuted church, a church that was starting to um, have some dealings with false teachers. They had some um, infighting going on, as we'll we'll learn about later. Um, you know, they had a lot going on, and yet he also recognized that they have this beautiful joy. And he too, as he's writing this epistle in prison, he was able to count it all joy. And so we're going to be talking again, like I said, about the joy of the Lord in all of our circumstances and what that looks like. So let's just get started here. Let's just start with verse one, you know how we like to do. So Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints of Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. I love this. It's Paul and Timothy. They're not, Paul's not throwing out titles. He's not throwing out his authority. He's not throwing out, you know, any of those things. He's saying, listen, me and Timothy, because Timothy was with him when he wrote the letter, we are bond servants of Jesus Christ. You know, we see Jude say that. We see John, his his, his half-brother say, says that. The apostles um, knew who they were. They could have been, you know, so prideful and so arrogant and so like, look at us. We were one of the original. We spent time with Jesus. We were, you know, we got to eat with him and we got to, you know, sleep in the same area as he did. And we hung out. We were his best friends. They don't do that. They know that he is God and that they were chosen by God for the assignments in which they had, and they understood that they were bond servants. And when you look at that word bond servant, which I just love this word, um, in the Greek, it's doulos, uh, doulos, doulos. And it literally means a slave to another, the lowest term in the scale of society or servanthood, servitude, literally the bottom of the societal rung. Okay, the consider the least of these. They didn't mind putting themselves in that category, that they were literally slaves to Christ, that they understood who they were. They didn't own themselves anymore. They were bought by another who purchased them with a great price, Christ Jesus, with his blood. And that that word, it's called servile or having or showing an excessive lowliness to serve or please others, to lay one's own interests and desires down for another. I absolutely love this word, bondservant. This is what we are, saints. We are bondservants of Jesus Christ. We are slaves to a master. He is our master. He's not just our savior. He is our Lord. He owns us. He possesses us by the Holy Spirit. He bought us with his own blood. And so we are bond servants to him. We, our lives are no longer our, our own. As we talked about in Romans 12, 1 and 2, we are to lay our bodies at the altar of God as living sacrifices. Not my will be done, but your will, God. What do you want for my life? What are the gifts and callings you gave me to do for you? And the, the Bible talks about this. It's all through the scriptures about being obedient to God in his word and laying our lives down for him, but also laying our lives down for others, for one another. Paul and Timothy here, Paul is saying, hey, 
My life is not my own. I have laid it down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've laid down my desires, the things that I wanted, the things that I enjoyed. All of that is done for Christ Jesus. There's no greater life than to live one for the Lord. No greater joy, no greater fulfillment than to live your life for Jesus Christ. And so that is all of us. We are all bond servants of Jesus Christ. Your life was bought with a price and a purchase and you are owned by God. And so we need to be submitting our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The gifts that he's given us, the time, the talent, the treasure, all of it. Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. And Paul says, what? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. He, that is a call to all believers. Imitate his words here, his, his, his letters, his, what he's telling us about his life and also what our life should look like. And so he goes on to say, to all the saints of Christ, Jesus who are in Philippi, in, G in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. You know, we're not sinners anymore. If you've been truly born again, blood-bought, redeemed child of God, adopted into this new family called son and daughter, this is what Paul calls us, saints. He doesn't call us sinners. You, you see this throughout all the scriptures, saints of God holy before God, sanctified before God. We are in Christ. That's why Paul could say, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And in, even in Romans chapter seven, when Paul's talking about the sin that he still battles, the sin that still dwells within him, he doesn't call himself a sinner. He says, I don't know why I still do the things I don't want to do. I don't do the things I want to do. I'm, I still have this sin that dwells in me, but it's not I who sin anymore. It's the sin who dwells in me. He understood his new position. He understood that he was now made holy in Jesus Christ, that he is sanctified in Christ, that he died with Christ and he rose with Christ. Yes, we are still battling that sin that still dwells in us. It still tempts us. It sometimes still snares us up, but I'm not identifying who I am as a sinner. I am a saint who still battles sin who still struggles with sin, who still sins. I'm not sinless perfection. You're not sinless perfection. We're not going to be sinless perfection. We are being sanctified to the day of our glorifi glorification. That's why, that's why our body, that's why this tent groans for the return of Jesus, because we are still battling the sin that dwells in us, just as Paul did in Romans 7. And just like every saint, every saint from the cross beyond has. We all still battle, but we need to change our language a little bit. Name a sinner who's been saved. I was a sinner saved by grace. And I am now a saint. It means I've been separated from the world. I've been separated from sin. That's what that's what saint means, separated from sin to the holy God. How was that done? Through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I have a, um, I talked about this on one of my podcasts about the imputation of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite doctrines is where he, all of his holiness and his righteousness was imputed to us and our sin was imputed to him. 
And that's how we can become separated now out of the world, from the world, from sin, unto holiness, unto God who is holy. And so we are now wearing the robes of righteousness and holiness. That doesn't mean that we don't still mess up. We do, but I am not identified as a sinner. I'm not, I'm no longer an enemy of God. I am no longer a foreigner or stranger. I am now an adopted daughter grafted in the vine. And I, and I am positionally sanctified. It means I'm positionally made holy through the blood of Jesus Christ. Praise God, you're a saint today. If you are truly born again, if not, then you can repent and put your faith in Christ and become born again. So he says, you know, so these are the saints in Christ uh, that are in Philippi with the bishops and the deacons. You know, bishops is an interchangeable word with elders. Uh, these are men who have met the qualifications of first Timothy chapter three. These are men who are older. They are men who have uh, shown that they have the fruit of maturity in them to lead and, and guide the, the church of God, to make sure that they're just overseeing. They're making sure that the apostles teachings are being protected, that the word of God is preeminent, that Christ, it, the true Christ is being preached and taught they're overseeing souls you know they're just there to look out for um the souls and help mature the souls in christ they are um you know just faithful men that care deeply about the word of god care deeply about christ and his church and they they want to help the body stay unified and and help the body to mature and grow and also protect the body it's really important because wolves come in and, and they try to devour the body and leaven comes in. And, and when the leaven comes in, it, it, it can affect the whole body. And so, you know, that is their job is to protect and preserve and to oversee. They're not, they're not dictators. They're not lords over as first Peter talks about, Peter talks about in first Peter, but they are humble servants of God that lead by example that lead by example. Jesus said, if you want to be a leader in my kingdom, you're going to be a servant to all. And so true elders lead by example. They are showing you by example, how it's done. They're washing feet. They're, they're um, humble, meek, godly men who rightly divide the word of God and they live a holy and blameless life. Now that doesn't mean they're sinless perfection, but they are above reproach. You know, they are godly. They are not sex. They are not given to sexual sin. They are not watching pornography. They are not, um, you know, being sexually um, promiscuous or, or whatever. They, they're loving their wives as Christ loves the church. They're, they're um, taking their ministry at home is, is their first ministry. They um, have laid everything down for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so you can read more about that. And deacons are servants. They are those who are given to the service of the church, helping take care of physical needs of the body and of the church as a whole and, and what the church is commanded to do. So these are people that are helping, you know, run the nurseries and the, the child care and, and uh, or the yeah, child care, child church, whatever. They're helping, you know, set up, they're helping tear down, they're helping cook, they're helping clean, they're helping with the finances, they're, they're making sure, you know, they're helping with making sure the bills are paid and those things are done, you know, taking care of all these things that elders, elders need to be 
studying the word and they need to be in prayer and they're overseeing souls. So they should be more um, taking care of people individually, like able to go and do the things that they're called to do because you have deacons that are helping run the food pantries. They're helping run the different outreaches, things like that. They're helping run the children. They're helping do these things. And so they need to work together to ensure that each one is not getting out of their, out of their role and getting burnt out. Because if you remember back in Acts, when they were like, man, we have all these orphans or all these widows and these people who need, they need fed. And, and, and remember the apostles were like, man, we can't do it all. We can't do it all. We got to be given to prayer. And we're, you know, we're writing out scriptures here. We're, we're studying the word and we're teaching and we're establishing churches and, you know, we can't. And so please go assign deacons to be doing this. Remember when we talked about in Romans uh, 16, we did the, the hall of famous saints, right? And remember Phoebe was a deaconess. She was someone who was serving the church. She was, she was um, helping widows and orphans and the poor, and she was cooking and she, she was even carrying the letter that Paul had written to Rome. She was a servant of the Lord, which is a servant of the church. And so we should all be striving to serve the body. What are your gifts? What are your callings? What do you have to offer the body of Christ so that we're working as a team? And he's going to talk about that here now even further. And we see that theme all through the scriptures of the New Testament, unity, working together as a family, as a team, as one bride, all helping each other so that the whole load doesn't fall on just a few people. And then they can't do what they're called to do. That's disobedient. It doesn't honor God. It, it's a poor witness to the church and it or to the to the lost. And um, and people they get they don't get their needs met because everyone's not real, they're not walking in their specific gifts and roles. And the only way that's going to happen is when we realize that we're bond servants and we quit. We start laying our interests down for the betterment of other people, for the interest of other people. When we say, you know yeah, this is going to cost me something. It's going to cost me my time. It's going to cost me my, the gift given me. I'm going to have to grow in my gifting. It's going to cost me money so to, to step into a servant role within the local body in which I've been placed into by Christ himself. But you know what? It's worth it. It's worth it. So yeah, I might not be able to go and bowl all the time anymore. Maybe I'm not going to be able to go and, and shop as much as I used to, because I'm going to be spending more money helping further the gospel. Maybe I can't, you know, I'm not going to be able to whatever, go on vacation as much or whatever, you know, you know, whatever your hobbies are, whatever, you know, yeah, maybe not, but there's no greater joy. There's no greater fulfillment than the gospel of Jesus Christ and walking in your gifts and callings. There's, there's nothing that's going to fulfill you greater than that. And then knowing that you're helping your brothers and sisters, knowing that together you're building something bigger than yourselves, which is the, for the kingdom of God. There's nothing greater than that. And so we need elders. We need the deacons. We need all of us serving in some capacity, giving of our time, talent, treasure as one unified body so that we can reach, not only help one another and take care of each other's needs, but also reach the lost for Jesus Christ. We are soldiers. We are an army put together, team put together by God himself. You know, in your local body, you're a team and you're a family and you're doing life together, but then you're also going out and reaching others that 
need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And so they too can be adopted into this beautiful family. And then we're a part of helping disciple them and mature them and grow them. And we're all growing together. And it's just a beautiful picture of the triune God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, working together in perfect unity for one cause, to bring a family onto themselves. And so, and we get to be a part of that. We're an extension of that through Christ and what he did by the Holy Spirit of God. You know, we are the hands and feet of Jesus here on this earth. We are the written epistles. We have the ministry of reconciliation. We are the saints of God. And so I pray you enjoyed the teaching today. If God has blessed you in any way, then head over to the review section and leave five stars. I may just share your review right here on this podcast. Also, share this episode with anyone you believe will be blessed by today's teachings. If you want to connect with me and be a part of an amazing sisterhood of believers, then head over to our Facebook group. The link and all other links that I mentioned in this show today are in the show notes below. Just click on them and they'll take you where you want to go. As a reminder, be the church today, wherever God has you, shining the light and the love of Jesus. Y'all mean the world to me. Until next time.